0: Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. And thank you for tuning to the podcast once again this day. I appreciate each and every one of you that are listening. We're going to be in Matthew 26, beginning in verse 26. In just a few moments, we want to remind you, we'll be down in Waldorf, Maryland, Lord willing, this weekend, all day on Sunday. That's the Bible Baptist Church of Waldorf, Maryland. We thank the Lord for the folks there. Looking forward to what God is going to do. And then I want to remind many of you that are listening, next Thursday night for Bible study, the Black Creek Baptist Church the John Morgan will be there. Be there all through the weekend, and I uh, hope you're able to make that. Uh, be able to make those services, be a blessing, be a great help to the people of God. And so we appreciate Brother Morgan, his ministry, and we certainly look forward uh, to being with him again one of these days, whether here, there, or in the air, as the cliche goes. Uh, but we certainly look forward to that. Now we're going to be in Matthew 26, I'm going to deal with a doctrinal issue, just something the Lord has shown me just recently. And I realize that we're in the uh, heading to the garden here. We're heading out where Jesus Christ is going to go out into the Mount of Olives. He's going to enter that garden to pray. And uh, we're getting ready to come to that place. But first of all, in verse 26, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Now we know we're saved through his life. We know that body, the Holy One of God, that flesh of Jesus Christ, God in flesh, that's the body that he speaks of. Now, is that bread literally transubstantiated to become his flesh? No, it is not. But he tells you, take, eat, this is my body. We see that we do that, and we do that in the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, if you will, and we do that, that we have an understanding of the scriptures. And the Apostle Paul clarifies that for us. This is not a mystery, but it's something hard to be understood unless you examine line upon line, line upon line. And the Apostle Paul is going to clarify that for us in just a few moments. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. So he took that cup, he gave it to them, told you, drink all of it, for this is the blood, my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. For I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. From this time forth, he neither eats nor drinks, he hungers, he thirsts. He's going out to spend that time in fastings and in prayers. We know that in the garden, he's going to be taken. We know that's going to begin the ordeal of standing in judgment and standing in halls and standing before the magistrates. We understand this is where he's come to. This is exactly his last act he does before he goes to the garden. He gives them that bread and gives them that cup and they drink that. He said, I'll drink this new with you in my father's kingdom. There'll be no fermentation in the kingdom of God. And so we see that with understanding. He's going to be in his father's kingdom. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And I want to deal with this matter of the Lord's Supper, if you will, because the Apostle Paul gives us understanding of that in verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 11. And i want to go ahead and deal with the doctrine of that. Why did Jesus Christ give that to them? Why did they drink that cup and eat that bread? If it literally was not his body, why did they partake of that? Well, the apostle Paul tells us of this, and he explains to us in verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do sure the Lord's death till he come. It is a reminder to us of the Lord's death. It is a reminder that we are in Christ. Christ is in us. We are crucified with Christ. It is that reminder to show his death, to remind us again, but also it is the literal. In verse 26, he explains why we do this, but as I started to say a little bit ago, we see here that in verse 18, he says, for first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you and I partly believe it. Now, what are those divisions? I myself have been part of those divisions. I am not boasting in that. It's just stating a fact. I've been part of that division. You come to the church, there's divisions, there's separations, there's lines drawn. Why? Men draw lines. And I realize this two men that have a disagreement cannot both be right. That's reality. Both can be wrong, but they both cannot be right. But the one that stands with the word of God is always right. And people say, well, I don't like his attitude. Well, he's still right. I don't like how he presents it. He's still right. He could say it with more grace. He's still right. He could say it and be more merciful. He's still right. That one that speaks the truth is right. And so there's divisions among them. And the Apostle Paul speaks of that at church accord. Of the course there's divisions among them. There's perversion in the church. There's filth in the church. There's godlessness in the church. But at the same time, he goes on he says this. He's a believe believer, for there must be also heresies among you. That they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Now it's interesting, he says they that are approved. God is going to manifest that with the word of God. He's going to do that, and I'm going to just get ahead of myself a little bit. He's going to do that with this cup and with this bread. Those heresies, those divisions, when you come together, they are for the purpose of separating Now, Brother Don Green's been with the Lord now for several years, and Brother Green first told me many years ago when I was up in Michigan, he said that the Lord has given us church discipline for open sin. The church is obligated to bring that brother before the church and to judge them as a body if they're a part of that church. And that's an obligation every church has when there's open sin. Today, of course, it's all about a big cover-up and everybody trying to hide everybody else's sin because most people live in gross sin in religion. Most people are extremely perverse in religion. Most men are looking at pornography in religion. Most women are very covetous and unclean in their lives. There's adulteries and heresies and fornications and covetousness and idolatries and wickedness abounds. And I'm just speaking not off the cuff, but with power, with authority that God has given me to say... I do partly believe it because I have been privy to these things being covered up and hidden in the church and buried in the church. So what God does when the church won't deal with it, that secret sin, God gives us uh, the Lord's Supper to deal with those things. And for he said, they may be proved, may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. What? Have you not houses to eat and to drink in or despise you, the church of God, and shame them have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. So you're not coming together to eat the Lord's Supper. And I believe they ate the Lord's Supper pretty frequently in those days. They would gather together. But now, no, It's I got my own supper. I got my own meal. I'm going to show everybody how much wealth I have. We're going to sit over here and dine. What we call a fellowship meal, which usually is void of fellowship. It's just a meal at church. That's what they call a fellowship meal. And And they have a fellowship meal. That's what he's speaking of. Everybody's brought their own. Some are drunken. Some are full. Others have without. Some have nothing. That's not the Lord's Supper. He said, for I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. Why, he's been approved of God. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. How can you live in adultery and take eat of his body in remembrance of him? Now, some churches have variants of unleavened bread. Some buy little wafers from the Protestant shops. Some people make unleavened bread themselves. Some make a hard wafer. Some make a soft wafer. Some make large pieces and they rip pieces off. I knew one church that used to make long strips and put a five-pronged fork into it to represent the five wounds of Jesus Christ with unleavened bread, but then they salted it, which was kind of peculiar. Uh, But each one does their own thing with that. But the point is here, as he's talking about taking this in remembrance of him, that's where we must not go wrong. How can you live in adultery and remember him? How can you excuse the adultery of your past and remember him? How can you excuse the sin, the negligence and the grossness, the awfulness of sin, and have remembrance of the Lord Jesus Christ? I say to you, it's impossible. And after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. And so here the Apostle Paul tells us that he said, this is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. Why? It's shed for the remission of sins. And you do this in remembrance of him. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. You say, what does that have to do with divisions in the church? Well, this is the doctrinal issue that we're going to deal with this. Wherefore, whoso shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. They're just as guilty as those that put the spear in his side with the nails in his hand that said crucify him, they're just as guilty. Why? They do not believe the word of God. That's why there's heresies among them. There are those that have crept in unawares, as grievous wolves, destroying the flock of God, they will not repent, they will not uh, come to a place where they say, I'm wrong, the word of God is right, they will not come to that place, and so there's heresies among you. There's divisions among you. Why? Some will not take that cup worthily. That's why they would begin to call the Lord's Supper fellowship. That's where they're coming in with meals and with wine and eating and drinking and saying, oh, I'm partaking of the Lord's Supper. No, the Lord has set this time apart for the separation of the saints that he might straighten out the divisions and the heresies among you. That's what he's speaking of unworthily. I've heard people say this and they preach this as people that are saved and, and out of God's will. I've heard it preached as this is lost people drinking unworthily. But I believe the Apostle Paul mentions is those that are causing division. Those that have caused division. How are they causing division? This young man is laying with his father's wife in the church. The word of God told us he was doing that. That's not profane. The word of God said he did that. And yet there's folks supporting that. Saying, well, it's okay. I don't know the whole situation. I don't know if his father's dead. His father's left. I don't know what the situation is. But it's God is going to sort that out. That's a division. It's a heresy that must be uncovered. How is God going to do that? He's going to do that with that bread and with that juice. And they're going to come together and partake of that. And they're going to take that cup and they're going to take that bread. And God is going to expose what's going on. God is going to, they're drinking unworthily. So it is with the fornicator. So it is with the adulterer. So it is with the covetous, the idolater. They come in there and they say everything's okay and this is okay. Balaam is in the church today. That Cinnabell Pure is with us unto this day. What is that Baal Pure causing fornication in the church? Calling for fornication, teaching them to fornicate, teaching them ungodliness and to worship idols. There are those in the church, people promoting this new movement. They're promoting idolatry in the church. People promoting perversion. I've got to be honest, and I'm not trying to be crude. I try to keep these things off the podcast, but when it pops up, we just deal with it. I'm wary of a man that promotes the wearing of miniskirts and of shorts, especially on women, but I'm kind of wary of a man that's promoting those things, says there's nothing wrong with that, or doesn't preach about it, lest I'm starting to wonder maybe he likes it too much. He doesn't deal with immodesty, doesn't talk about those low-cut tops. I fear that he likes it too much, or he's a hireling, he's afraid to say something. Those are the heresies, the divisions, and most churches have those divisions. I go in churches where the older women dress holy, there are some younger women that dress holy because God has called them out to do so, and everybody else stands in opposition of it, everybody else thinks they're crazy, everybody else wants to be worldly and ungodly and immodest in their attire, and there's a division in the church. God is going to sort that out. And if the truth is being preached, and somebody will not get right with God, and those things are crept in, teaching us uncleanness, teaching us ungodliness, teaching us fornication, the lust of the flesh, and promoting it, God is going to separate that at the Lord's Supper. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, Not discerning the Lord's body. This is all going to get sorted out one day. You promote sin. You promote ungodliness. You promote wickedness. I don't care if it's because your family's wicked or because you're wicked or somebody else and you just say, turn a blind eye to it, act like it doesn't exist. God is going to sort this out. You stand in opposition to the word of God. God's going to sort this out. You might have a long life, but you're going to eat drink damnation to yourself as a heretic. You're going to go and you're going to live in these heresies, you're going to live in this vileness, and you're going to promote ungodliness and Bible correction and Bible changing, and you're going to say these words are not what God says, and you eat and drink of that cup unworthily, not believe in the body of Christ, not believe in the blood of Christ, not believe in the sacrifice Christ made, you're in trouble, friend, and I'll give it your grandpa, your great-aunt, your cousin, your mama, your daddy, your son, your baby. My friend, they're in danger with God. They will not get right with God. They're eating and drinking this cup unworthily. It's a serious matter. It's a serious thing. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another, and if any man hunger, let him eat at home. That you come not together under condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. So you come together, not under condemnation, but you come together in holiness. You assemble yourself in holiness and godliness. That's how you assemble yourself. You examine yourself whether you be in the faith. You examine yourself in light of these things, and God will bring chastening because of this. God will chasten his children, If many among you are sick, what is sick? It's a place where you need help. If you're sick, you call for the elders of the church. It doesn't mean bursitis and arthritis and the big zit on the back of your eyebrow. No, he's talking about sickness, sickness unto death, something that is incurable, something the doctors are at odds with. You need to examine yourself. Take this matter to the church. Call for the elders of the church. Why, lest there be sin in your life, lest you've taken that cup unworthily. God uses that to straighten us out. God uses that to draw us nigh unto himself. And my friend, if you'll find repentance in that, it's amazing how God will relieve those burdens. God can take that sickness away when you call for the elders of the church and submit yourself to the church. And they come and anoint your head with oil and pray over you. He said the prayer of Faith will save or shall save the sick. Why does it save the sick? Is that salvation of the soul? No, God can spare their life because they've come to repentance. They've seen the error of their ways. But that one is causing division, that one is causing strife, that one is preaching heresies. He's eating, drinking damnation to himself. Judgment doesn't come upon him in this day and this hour. But there is a judgment coming. There is a day when he will be judged of God. Jesus Christ in the garden. And he said, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Why did he say that for the remission of sins? Because we're cleansed by his blood. God can wash away your sins with his own blood. God can make you clean through his blood. But if you partake of that cup and you do desperate under the spirit of grace, and you come and you trample underfoot the blood of Jesus Christ with your sin and your iniquity. There is a great damnation. There is a great judgment. There is a great wrath that God will pour out. God thinks much of his Son, so you and I ought to think much of the Son of God. This is our Friday Exhortation on the Body and the Blood of Jesus Christ. There is a lost soul who is tired of the sinning, or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McBay on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach Are singing the glory, a song of the redeemer.